Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Thursday Rush Hour. James Golden, Bo Snurdly here with you on WABC Talk Radio 77. The telephone number should... You'd be inclined to give us a call this afternoon, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. This was the day that the Supreme Court issued not one but two very important rulings, both right to the heart of this nation's Constitution. There is, of course, a lot of being said about the ruling that banned the use of affirmative actions on two college campuses. And we suspect, of course, that by nature of these two rulings, rulings, that many other affirmative action programs will be knocked down. A 6-2 decision with regard to Harvard's admission program the newest justice to the Supreme Court, Katanji Brown, passed on that when recused herself. The one at North Carolina was a 6-3 to three decision. And, of course, within hours of that decision being made, Joe Biden was out misinterpreting what the court said. He said this is not a normal Supreme Court, which is a very strange statement to make. Not a, What is a normal Supreme Court? Well, I'll tell you what a normal Supreme Court is. To the American left, a normal court is when things go their way. That's normalcy. They so fervently believe in their ideology that they believe anything that offends their worldview is not normal. What is normal to leftists these days? It could be anything. It could be the idea that young children should be groomed in schools. It should be that racial discrimination is allowed if it's for the right reason by the government. It can be that the military is too powerful and should be knocked down a peg. It's all kind of things that the left believes. Your neighborhood should not be policed by police officers, by social workers. Not normal. You can continue to go on. Homelessness in the streets is the normal for Democrats and leftists these days. The things that most Americans think are offensive to our sensibilities, Democrats find normal. And so when the president of the Supreme Court tells you that the Supreme Court, this is not a normal court, he's speaking his truth and the truth of these leftist Democrats. They don't believe in true equality because that is what the court ruled in favor for today. One of the things that President Biden said is the truth. We all know it. Discrimination still exists in America. Today's decision does not change that. Of course it doesn't. Now, that's a statement that I actually agree with. It's just sad that he won't finish the statement with the truth. 
The truth is, we all know discrimination still exists in America, and if you want to see it on full display, all you have to do is go to a city, a large urban area run by Democrats, and you will see it. You will see black and Hispanic children forced into failing schools with no recourse because the teachers' union pays off Democrats to maintain their power. You will see the discrimination on full parade. You will see the disparities in health care treatment in any large Democrat city-run city. You will see the way that it's dealt with in crime, with crime. You will see a systematic racism and institutionalized racism alive and well in every single city that Democrats operate. That's where you find it. There are some things that you may not hear about this decision. I was looking at the results of a poll earlier, and that poll showed that there's a split. Now, if you think, I bet you because of the media coverage and who you see supposedly representing black people on TV, people like Whoopi Goldberg, and I'm not saying this to slam her personally. You know, Whoopi was on a tear about it from what I read on The View. I don't watch The View. I would not subject myself to that uh, uh, torture. The, but one of the things that she said, according to news reports, is that the affirmative action wouldn't have been necessary if people had been treated equally anyway. And I can't take issue with that. That was the so-called intent of it. I'm not mad at Whoopi for saying that. But what Whoopi and others don't say is that by implementing affirmative action, what the federal government did by the fiat of law was to rationalize and justify a new set of discriminatory practices. Asian kids. Washington Post had a story. Here's the headline from a story in the Washington Post today. State affirmative action bans helped white Asian students hurt others. So when people banned affirmative action, it helped the whiteies. Oh, the whiteies got helped. The old Asians got helped. But others got hurt. While highly selective schools saw diversity decline, data uh, shows other schools saw growth. And all of this, to me, is just dead wrong. The band helped students that achieved and were the highest achievers. That they happened to be Asian that they happen to be black, is a matter of culture. Oh, culture, you say. Do you want me to go hardcore? Oh, well, never mind whether you want it or not. Let me go hardcore. Let's just be frank about this. When you have a culture that chooses as its priority to hold up the life that makes gangsters 
and the life of the gangsters and the pimps and the biatches and whatever horrible other names they call themselves. When you have that culture glorifying, glorifying being ignorant as part of the culture, and the culture is widespread, and you have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of young kids growing up believing that somehow you're not cool if you speak English properly. Somehow you're not cool if you're one of the goody two-shoes kids in class. No, instead, you have to be like a young G. You gotta, you have to act like a little gangster, a little thug in order to be cool. Well, if that's your culture, then guess what? A lot less of your kids are going to end up ready to be prepared for college. If you have a culture that says it's okay to keep sending your kids to school where they are dumbed down and come out of school not knowing how to read or write, but passing anyway, and then they get to college, they can't do well on their SAT scores because they've never actually been disciplined enough to actually know what it takes to academically succeed. If you have that as your culture and it's allowed to stand, well, then why should any of us be surprised when these kids get to college, they can't compete with other kids? Now, everybody has read, um, not everybody, Hey, AI, let me ask you a question, artificial intelligence. Do you know what a tiger mom is? Do you know what a tiger mom is? Have you ever heard the expression, Diego? No. You don't know, AI. Do you know what a tiger mom is? No idea. Do you know what a tiger mom is? Nope. Okay, the tiger, go ahead, Nick. Come on, come, come with it. Bring it. Okay, bring it. Because this is an important difference here that does not ever enter into this debate what is a tiger mom nick it's to my understanding that a tiger mom is a bit like a helicopter mom kind of like overparenting and overbearing towards their kid in regards to their academic uh, endeavors and maybe their extracurricular stuff all right there was a asian woman that wrote the book about the tiger moms these moms are moms who some say overbearing others say not They are drilling down on their kids from the moment these kids can start learning how to read and write, how important education is. These kids, while your kids are out having fun on the weekends, doing everything else, these kids use their day off to go to school for a sixth day. And as a result, as a culture, these kids come up prepared to go to college on the highest levels and achieve the highest grades only in America when they got there after years and years of putting in extra work so that they could prove they were the smartest so that they can develop their minds develop their potential so then they apply to a school like Harvard and they're told pretty much oh you're too damn smart we're sorry too many of you are applying 
and we don't have room for all of you smart kids to get in here. We have to bow the knee to diversity. We need a more diverse student body. Today, even in light of this decision, Harvard University is out saying diversity is a key component in educational excellence. It is not. Diversity doesn't have a damn thing to do with achievement. Achievement is an individual sport. If you put the time in, you put the effort in to be smart, to study, to overcome and achieve whatever scholastic obstacles are in your way, then you rise to the top. That does not have anything to do with your skin color. It has to do with your motivation. It has to do with how you were raised, how you see yourself, and your hard work and your own perseverance has a, not a damn thing to do with the color of your skin. But that's what we're being told as a society. Oh, no, no. We got too many of these smart Asian kids in. That's not right. We have to let some more of these black kids in. We got to let some more of the Hispanic kids in because we got to make everything equal. We got to kind of balance out because of past harms. What you're doing is giving a license to inferiority. You're telling people you are incapable of succeeding, and therefore we have to help you along with some little fake quotas. It is an insult. And today, thank God. God Almighty, the United States Supreme Court said enough of this Democrat Party victimization of black and other people in America. We are throwing this out. It should have never been part of the government policy to reward people on the basis of their skin color or what racial group they belong to. It goes against everything that the Constitution of the United States was supposed to stand for. We got to take a quick break. James Golden here with you on WABC. We'll be coming back. Your calls are going to be part of the program. We've also got presidential candidate today with us. Vivek Ramaswamy is going to join us. So don't go away. And if you want to comment on this stuff, have at it. Yeah, on this date. What year was it, Diego? 84, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Mick Jagger and David Bowie together during the Motown hit. Oh, no, it was 85 because they wanted to, to play the song live during Live Aid. They wanted to do an intercontinental duet from Philadelphia and London, but because of technical uh, stuff, they, didn't, uh, they couldn't do it, so they did the music video instead. Yes, and that Diego video. thinks this video is gay. I don't. AI's, I never said that, AI. AI is trying to rat out Diego with misinformation. Please explain. I don't know. But some people think that this is the quote-unquote, these are not my words, but the quote-unquote the gayest music video of all time. That's what I've heard. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On 77 WABC. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Heavenly birthday. Little late, but 1945. Well, this will make you still want to get up and jump, you know what I mean? Yeah, the locomotion. That was before the boogaloo. That was before, uh, what else? I've forgotten all those dances we used to have to try to learn when we were kids. It was a new dance out every four weeks. Twist. The twist. Yeah, that was Chubby Checker. I think that, I think the twist may have been before the locomotion. I'm not sure. Yeah. When I came in the dancing program, the boogaloo was out. It's like everybody had to learn how to do the boogaloo. Okay, remember, Vivek Ramaswamy is going to be with us shortly. Um, And then I've got a lot of comments. Um, Rhonda uh, texted me. She said, Dr. Arne Hillsdale, president, says we don't want rich kids. We want good kids. And that same principle applies to all the other categories. Uh, Lisa texted it. Diversity hiring also contradicts our beloved Martin Luther King Jr. I'm sure we'd have sided with SCOTUS. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I tweeted out earlier today was that the Supreme Court has reaffirmed Dr. King's vision today of the content of your character being what's important, not the color of your skin. I had referred to a poll earlier, and I think it might surprise people to learn that even among black people, this is a split issue. As I recall the results of the poll, I don't have it in front of me, 47% of African Americans wanted affirmative action done away with. And that might almost half. And I think there are a lot of people that are saying today is a very good day for America. And, of course, we hear the voices that say they're not. Let me just briefly touch on the other ruling that came from the courts today. The court. Religious freedom. This was a postal worker who refused to work on Sunday. It was his day of worship. And the post office, as big as it is, many people refused to accommodate his religious preference. And this was a unanimous decision. A unanimous decision. Gerald Groff, Christian mail carrier from Pennsylvania, asked the court to decide if the U.S. Postal Service could require him to deliver Amazon packages on Sundays, which he observes as his Sabbath day. In a ruling for the court, 
the high court overturned its 1977 precedent that said employers had to reasonably accommodate the employees' religious beliefs and practices so long as it did not create create an undue hardship. Now, what they did today was tighten up that business about the undue hardship standard, and they made it easier for Americans that want to worship according to the way they see fit, guaranteed guaranteed by not only the First Amendment, but guaranteed by the foundation of America as a nation. Oh, well, we have time then. So this was a good ruling. The court now employers have to do a little bit more, go the extra mile, to make sure that they accommodate the religious beliefs of their employees. Now, Ketanji Brown-Jackson blasted the affirmative action ruling. She said this decision makes things worse, not better for race relations. The best that can be said of the majority's perspective is that it proceeds ostrich-like from the hope that preventing consideration of race will end racism. But if that is its motivation, the majority proceeds in vain. If the colleges of this country are required to ignore a thing that matters, it will not just go away. It will take longer for racism to leave us. Uh, With all due respect, Madam Justice, it is you who are ostrich-like. It is you whose head is in the sand here. The very notion that the government should sit around and choose people based on race is abhorrent. It's immoral. How about this for an interesting standard to get in college? I know this is revolutionary. I know that this is unheard of in today's America. How about this? How about we choose, how about colleges choose their applicants, those that can attend based on merit? How about that? How about based on test scores, based on other things like test scores, based on performance, essays, for it, perhaps? And believe me, I do understand that if you have people coming from very different standards of school, you're not going to have, this goes back to the issue I was talking about before, there's not going to include, it's not going to be ever a straight line. It is not the government's job. This is going to come as a shock to some of you. It's not the job of the government to end racism. That's your job. What the government's job is to ensure that people are not treated, actions, actions, that there is an equal opportunity, equal justice under the law. As for what's in people's hearts, which is where racism resides, 
The government will never, ever be able to fix it. That fix, like so many other problems that we face, will have to come from individuals raising their own consciousness so that they realize in their lives that they have to do right as human beings, that they have to treat other people as they would have themselves treated, that they would not lie, that they would not do things that are knowingly wrong. The government is not the vehicle for individual change. And the government can't cure racism. And the government can't cure a whole lot of other things that plague society. We are in a fight with those who believe that the government controls the human spirit. It does not. The human spirit is controlled if we open ourselves to it by a far greater power than the government. And for those who close the door on self-growth, who close the door on inner achievement, who close the door for becoming a better person, the government will never provide the answers. James Golden Snurdy with you here on WABC. Coming back. Right after this, do not go away. Chester Cathedral. What's the backstory on this one, Diego? Winchester Cathedral by the new vaudeville band, uh, Alan Klein, English songwriter and musician. He worked with producer Joe Meek and many acts recorded his songs, including Joe Brown, Freddie and the Dreamers, the Bachelor and uh, the Bachelors and Marty Wilde. In 1966, uh, he went on to tour as lead vocalist of the new uh, vaudeville band who had the 1966 U.S. number one hit, Winchester Cathedral. Birthday today. James Goldberg. Yeah. Thank you, AI. We're coming back. Your call's coming up. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Bo Snurdly. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Today is the anniversary of this album being released, the Crazy in Love album by Queen B. And Mr. Z on this one. Crazy in love. Beyonce. With Mr. Z. We're going to head to the telephones. I'm not going to comment on this because I like it. I really like this song a lot. But 
but don't go there, James. Don't start talking about Beyonce as, like, I know people in her generation that think that Beyonce is the greatest singer ever. And, and, don't go there, James. Just take a call. Let's go to the telephone, shall we? And we will start with Paula in New Jersey. Paula, welcome. You're on Bo Snerly's Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon? Oh, fine, thank you. Uh, I love your show. Um... I just I just uh, Googled um, is a college admission tests obsolete, and I, I, I and you know you, you're talking about you know we should really try to uh, uh, be uh, able to analyze you know getting getting jobs based on merit, you know getting getting ahead based on merit. Well, I'm telling you. Uh, you'll be amazed if you Google that because um, 80% of the colleges in the United States have uh, decided to um, do away with... Yes, uh, abandon the SATs and abandon the ACTs because the claim has been made, and this has been a study deterioration, that these tests, as well as other tests, for instance, the firefighters test in New York, discriminatory, the SATs, discriminatory, it's as if, you know, the, the constant message and refrain from the left, I'm going to just, just lay it out there, is that black people are inferior. That's what the, the, the claim is. Yo, y'all can't pass tests. If, if you don't get as high a marks as the white folks, if you don't get as, as high a marks as anybody else, it's because th- there's racism. It is a something is inherently racist. Not that you have to work harder to achieve, not that you can overcome whatever obstacles there are. Look, I am not expert enough, and I'm not trying to pretend to be, to understand if there are certain biases in the way that these tests are administered or written or whatever. We see, by the way, biases already being claimed in the new AI programming. Some of that is said to be racist. Okay, here's the point. Achieve anyway. Achieve anyway. If you have to master certain facts and you have to regurgitate certain facts out and spit those facts out the way that the test demands it, then that's what you do to achieve. And are black people capable of doing that? Yes. Are white people capable of doing that? Yes. Are people from every single strata of human life capable of doing that if they apply themselves? Yes. But we give into these delusions, and this is all from the left, that, oh, no, certain people are incapable of doing that because of obstacles, and therefore we have to lower the standards. And we are seeing the results across our society of what lower standards mean. You can look at the way that certain industries are now operating and the failures. I read an article a few weeks ago from an article that talked about the complex systems in America that are breaking down now because candidates are no longer chosen by merit, by their ability to perform, but instead by these DEI, by these diversity and inclusion policies that are being put in place. It is a recipe for disaster in any society, 
Paula, thank you for the call. Let's go to New Rochelle. Block, I believe is the name I have here. Block, you're on WABC, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. How are you? Great to finally talk to you. I always wondered whenever Rush would say Mr. Snurdly who he was talking about. Now I know. <laughs> so uh, I think another complication in the whole affirmative action thing, and, and it was an unattended uh, consequence of it, was that um, – you can have a young man of uh, African ancestry who's very smart, and he's doing well in high school. He's getting A's and B's with very little effort. Now he winds up at MIT sitting in a lecture hall with the top 1% of all uh, you know, people, all the uh, applicants that came in there. These are the ultra-smart people, and the professors teach to that 1%. So now he gets a D, and he, uh, you know, the poor guy's demoralized he thinks he's not so bright when in fact it's he has a distorted view of himself now because in fact he's smarter than most people well you're talking about unintended consequences certainly you know justice thomas uh uh, said and and i'm paraphrasing this and i read this a while ago today that of course it was he acknowledges that he was admitted into harvard through affirmative action that it helped his admission but then after he graduated law school and went to get a job, I think he graduated Yale. I'll have to go back and look. When he went to get a job, he was denied because he was considered to be an affirmative action candidate. And the overall impression was, ah, another one of those affirmative action ones, let's pass. Now, these days, that might get you a job as White House press secretary. Oops, did I say that? Yes. Um, but uh, it, there are people who look and say, oh, another diversity hire. And the implication that they have is not as smart, not as qualified, just got there because of the color of their skin. And that is the biggest unintended consequences of all this. Look, when you erase merit, when you say that what you do doesn't matter, but what you look like or what protected class you're in matters, you are opening yourself up to a world of hurt. And we are living that world of hurt right now. I know we got to take a break. Quickly grab one more call here. Kevin, in a story, you got to make your point really fast. We okay. are, we're up on time. Okay, no problem. Uh, the Baki case back in the eight, late 80s, uh, when a kid was going for a, a white kid going to medical school in California, Davis, and he was denied by the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court did not rule in his favor, and that's where a lot of the animosity began because he was passed over for lesser qualified students, regardless of what Joe Biden says today about that's not the way that affirmative action was uh, in, it rolled out in colleges. He's wrong. Lesser qualified individuals did get in over individuals that had higher qualifications. James Golden Snurley with you here, WABC. Vivek Ramaswamy is coming up on our program. Don't go away. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. So we just got stood up by Vivek Ramaswamy. It happens. They just bailed on today. But I ain't no worried about it. 
Ain't nothing stopping us, baby. And that's the message today with this affirmative action ban. Anybody that feels demoralized, I urge you, take a second look at yourself and take a second look at it and realize a government policy does not determine your success. That's up to you. Your success, your achievement is up to you. Don't let nothing stand in your way. If you want to achieve, that's up to you. Let's head back to the telephones here on WABC. Sal in Staten Island, you're up next. Thank you, Sal. Well, my paisano, I'm going to be very brief, but very rapid. Here it is. First of all, affirmative action. I'm glad it was knocked down. Uh, 50 years ago, they were taking people, and I'm not a racist. I'm an American Marine. I defend the people of every color, and I've dated women of every color and, and shape. Bottom line is, they took people, they were passing by Caucasian qualified for minorities who were not qualified. And you could see the quality of the NYCPD went down. Eric Adams is a perfect example, though. He used a race card to go up the ranks. He was a horrible cop, a corrupt cop, and he's a horrible mayor. When people cheat their way up, such as Joe Biden, who was kicked out of law school twice, look at the garbage president we've ended up with. Kamala Harris slept her way to the top of the uh, political machine of Democrats in California. Look what a horrible VP she is. When this nonsense goes on, quality goes out the window. And who pays, Bo? The decent people, the ones who are supposed to be protected. And also, Hunter Biden sold drugs when he was in the military. He should be doing a life sentence in Leavenworth, Kansas, general court-martial, dishonorably discharge. And what happens? Daddy gets them off. Daddy gets them off. I hope to God that this judge Federal judge refuses this deal. He has to do some serious penitentiary time because he pulled a gun on his mistress, his sister-in-law he was banging, and she disarmed him, and they leave it near a high school. Reckless endangerment, child endangerment. These are felonies, Bo, that he should be doing serious jail time for. And as for Penny, he should be acquitted. His chases have been thrown out. The other guy who killed this nut, the guy attacked his girlfriend, attacked him, attempted to rape her. That creep that was killed last week had a history of criminology, criminology including rape. All he right, my friend. Sal, Sal, take a breath. You're awesome. And everything that you nail there, dead on right. Appreciate you, love you. I want to get some other voices in here. But I do, you mentioned Mayor Adams, and there is a story today in the New York Post about Mayor Adams. And I got to tell you, this is just, ugh. So Mayor Adams was in a meeting, and a lady, white woman, stands up, and she says, uh, she starts ragging on him about raising her rent. 
he raised the rent. Now, the Adams administration came under fire last week when the Rent Guidelines Board voted to allow rent hikes of up to 6%. And that is, that is going to be detrimental for a lot of people who live in rent-stabilized apartments. I, I don't happen to agree with rent control, but it's the law. Now, the woman became a little bit boisterous. She says, you said before and after that you supported those rent increases. She's jabbing her finger in his direction, and he cops an attitude. He says to her, first, if you're going to ask me a question, don't point at me and don't be respectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city. Treat me with the respect that you deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Now, all of that's cool. But then this is what he says to the woman next. He says, don't stand in front like you treated someone that's on the plantation that you own. He just accused this woman. I'm a grown man. I walked into this room as a grown man, and I'll walk out of this room a grown man. I answered your question. Go to the next table. So he basically calls this woman out as treating him like he's a slave on her plantation that she owns. He doesn't know who this woman is. We have what? Play the cut. Okay, first, if you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city, and treat me with the respect I I deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Don't stand in front like you're treating someone that's on the plantation that you own. Give me the respect I deserve and engage in a conversation. Up here in Washington Heights, treat me with the same level of respect I treat you. So don't be pointing at me. Don't be disrespectful to me. Speak with me as an adult because I'm a grown man. I walked into this room as a grown man, and I'm going to walk out of this room as a grown man. I answered your question. You know, Mayor, you're a little racist. Mr. Adam sounds insecure. He does sound a little, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a racist statement. Now, look, I understand that you don't like to be questioned because you're part of the imperial leadership, the imperial Democrat leadership. You people look at the people that you supposedly serve as your peasant serfs, and you're not supposed to answer these little peasant serfs. How dare them get angry with you over your policies that affect their lives? I understand that. You're too good to answer the questions from the serfs, especially if the serf peasants are a little bit angry. But for you to accuse this woman of having harboring some sort of racist, she treated you, she said, Mr. Mayor. She didn't treat you like you were a piece of dirt. She's angry. This woman may, for all we know, live on a fixed income. Her rent is going up. Maybe she's being priced out. And instead of you getting past your own little ego, because I'm the mayor, I demand to be respected. You respect me like I'm the mayor. Guess what? You're a politician. 
And you're supposed to answer to the people. And the people have every right to get angry when your policies affect their lives. And instead, you call out this woman like she's some kind of racist you don't know anything about. Who is the racist here, Mr. Mayor? Why don't you look in the mirror? You owe this woman an apology. But I guarantee you, it's not coming. Because you would not want to humble yourself before one of the serfs, before one of the peasants that you rule over. It's actually pretty sickening. John in Connecticut, you're up next. Hey, James, I have a question. I have a follow-up as well. So I'm curious as to whether uh, universities going forward, private or public, could institute their own affirmative action guidelines, or would that be illegal? Harvard University within hours. And you'll find the story on the Daily BS today. If you go to dailybs.com, you'll find the story. Within hours of the Supreme Court ruling, Harvard University was already looking for a workaround. And they're hinging it on one statement that the courts made, and I'm going to paraphrase the statement, that their ruling does not mean that you cannot discuss race with students. It doesn't preclude having a discussion about race and how it may help or advance or, or whatever a person's case. So that's what they're hinging it on. And so I guarantee you that even though the court has ruled on this, we have not seen the last of this scourge of these racist laws. It's Look, it took a while. It's going to take a while to get rid of them. But we're heading in the right direction. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, it has been a pleasure, it always is, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. We are the crown jewel of American radio, my friends. We're back tomorrow for our Friday show, God willing. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. I have love, gratitude for you. Thank you so much for being here with us. And remember, Saturday is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza that starts at 7 a.m. Make sure you're here for that, too, please. God willing, we'll be here. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. Bye.